Hi everyone, welcome back to Advantage Podcast. Today on my podcast, I have Milan Hurian. Um, Milan, give us a little bit of background detail about yourself, where you played growing up, uh, at college, what you're doing now. Hey Tim, well, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, appreciate it and excited to share my story a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm currently 23 years old um, and training at Bath University. Um, I'm living back home in Dorset, kind of when I'm not training or traveling. Um, and that's where I grew up playing a uh, majority of my junior uh, career and personal life kind of before I went to college. Uh-huh. Um, so I played five years uh, in college because of the COVID year gave me an extra year of eligibility. Yeah. Um, I played my first two years at a school called Gardner Webb University in North Carolina, which um, is a pretty small school, around 2,000 students. So um, okay. kind of really, really small and good community vibe um, mm-hmm. in a small town in North Carolina. And then uh, after my sophomore year, I transferred to University of Kentucky for my last three years where uh, I just had an absolute, absolute blast. <laughs> oh, super, super. That's great to hear. Um and what was it like transitioning from like one university to the next? Was it like quite smooth or was it a bit um, stressful with maybe like one of the coaches or something? Um, to be honest with you, like the whole process of transferring in terms of like choosing a school and speaking mm-hmm. to like loads of different coaches was was quite fun. And I enjoyed it because the coach um that I was working with at my first school kind of knew I was going to transfer because I, I kind of outgrew it a bit okay. um so so in terms of of him kind of having my blessing and looking elsewhere that was that was all smooth and fine um and I probably spoke to about 50 maybe 60 schools which oh, was wow. a lot yeah because I, I was ranked in sing- singles and doubles at the time so I had quite a lot of attention okay. um which was which was amazing I definitely didn't expect that um but then once I, I signed Kentucky um, after my, my visit there, it was, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, a lot, a lot more logistical problems in terms of shipping all my stuff over there. Yeah. And obviously adjusting to a bigger school. I mean, I've gone from a, a school with 2,000 students to maybe 35,000 students. So it was a bit of a, a culture shock. But um, no, I fully stand by my decision and uh, would do it again if I had to. Oh, okay. Super, super. That's well, that's always great to hear. Sometimes you hear some horror stories with transferring. So that's that's always great to hear. And what was your like um college experience like? Were there any pros and cons of maybe like having I know you've talked about having like quite a small school compared to like a big school. Was there any pros and cons in that as well? Yeah, well, for sure, I have to touch touch base on, on my past. And I, I wasn't really a top junior before college just because both my parents worked full time and being in Dorset, which is quite quite far away from a lot of like high performance tennis centers and tournaments. Yeah. I didn't I didn't travel and play as much as, as maybe the other players did. So I always knew college was going to be a route where I kind of played catch up in a way to all those other players. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously the biggest pro I'd say from, from college is, is the scholarship side of things. I mean, just making it financially possible to, to train and get better um, as opposed to maybe going pro straight away or, or going to a British uni and, and having to pay that debt off afterwards and having that over your head. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the biggest, the biggest pro for me. And obviously like the opportunity in the facilities, I mean, just, just unbelievable. I mean, you're playing so many matches against so many tough teams and, 
and just networking and meeting all those teammates from different countries and stuff. I mean, that was like probably what, what I find the most enjoyable part of college tennis, how so many different people around the world come together and you, you represent the same school and you play for the same cause. Um, yeah. But in terms of in terms of cons, it it can be tough. Like obviously, as an international student, I didn't really know how the system worked going into it. So, um, yeah, like the the system's pretty cutthroat. Like you see videos of of like you know teams celebrating like clinch matches and stuff, and you see all the all like the good stuff. But I don't think, um, especially in England, like people know kind of how much pressure they're going to be under because you're essentially getting getting paid to do a job like that scholarship is almost like yeah you know your your payment for your duty there and I think you know it can be quite cutthroat if you don't live up to that expectation in in some schools yeah no I I totally agree I um I remember a little bit um uh, in my kind of like experience I had I think it was one year where I wasn't playing as well as I maybe should have done and my scholarship got cut by a little bit um but then it kind of steadied out the next couple of years um but yeah no it really is kind of that cutthroat kind of it's based on like your performance as well i i bet you probably had years where you were kind of very successful then you maybe had one maybe down year or where you're not kind of hitting what you think you should be and i also think it probably plays a little bit psychologically with some players out there maybe not yourself but I I do know a few players that have had kind of issues with the the mental side of the game or the mental side of that stress that you're talking about yeah for sure and I think I was quite lucky in as far as I wanted to go to a school like from the outset as as a junior going into my first and second year to a school where I knew I would make an impact in the team Mm-hmm. So that's maybe where I was a bit different to a lot of people because a lot of people kind of see the number next to the the uni and what they're ranked and kind of go to the best program possible. But yeah. I kind of had the mentality of where well, if I can play slightly higher up in a team and give myself that little bit of cushioning, whereas if I don't perform and I may be homesick or I get injured, I, I have a, at least a little bit of leeway where I won't mm-hmm. be out the lineup of such. But I think definitely if you're kind of in the back, back two or three of the lineup um, when you've got those guys that are on the bench that are kind of raring to go and itching to play matches and, and on your tail I think if you're not performing and the coach adds that that pressure it can be tough for sure yeah 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 no definitely and what do you think kind of separates like the best tennis players or athletes two-year average athlete um, in your opinion um well I think everyone everyone works hard like especially like on the pro tour like there's no mm-hmm. There's no people that that are coasting, and if they are, they're not really going to get anywhere. Um, so the hard work kind of goes goes without saying. But yeah, in terms of like the separation between like the great players and the good players, I would say it's it's the psychological side of things. I mean, um, the question that that I ask myself and and other opponents kind of that I come up against is is how, how's the match going to look when it comes down to to the big moments or the or the crunch time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of players can play well in training. A lot of guys can can play well when there's not really that much pressure. But um, I asked the question to to the guys that I come up against. Um, you know, can they come up with the goods at, at four all in the third or, or something like that? You know, when they're when they're serving for the match, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's the biggest the biggest uh, separator is, is how you perform under pressure. Yeah, fair enough. I I 
do agree kind of it's that like extra one percent that you can gain in those like crucial moments um and and do you think like you said you're at Bath Uni at the moment kind of uh practicing and playing and kind of I think it's you're part of like the is it a pro team there um and and how's that atmosphere like yeah, so I'm at, I'm at University of Bath, um, not doing any studying, just there with the pro team, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, honestly, I can't say enough good things. I love it there. Um, there's probably eight to ten guys, maybe one or two more, um, mm-hmm. that are also doing the same thing, kind of whether they played um, at an American uni and are now kind of doing the same thing that I am, where they're playing futures and trying to push on. Um, there's also a couple guys that played British Uni and, and have graduated and, and are now playing pro as well. So it's just a great um, kind of tight knit group that we have where um, we're all doing the same thing and we can travel if our schedules link up and play doubles mm-hmm. together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's great because I say there's probably eight to ten of us, but uh, at any given week or, or time of the year, because everyone's traveling, I would say there's probably three or four. Um, okay. of us actually in the uni so we get a lot of kind of individual work with the coaches it's not not big squads or anything like that um, and just the staff and the team and the setup that, that we've got is just is great oh nice well as, that's always great to hear and I think um, a question I'd been asked sometime this week was how do we like measure success in terms of like getting players to reach a certain level um and I was just wondering what you you thought success is um, in terms of like becoming pro or like is it the participation part of it? What what in your eyes would be um, like success in the tennis community? Well, if we're talking at the pro level, for me mm-hmm. um, personally in my career and what I'm trying to do, it, it's it's get the ranking as high as I can and and be in the position to play qualifying of slams, um, that, that kind of position. So that's kind of what I'm working towards and what, what my goals are in tennis. But, um, I mean, as you say, like participation is a massive one. And I know some people that, that kind of quit tennis a little too soon and then they kind of regret not, not giving it a shot. And and Mm -hmm. I know people that are, are perfectly, um, happy to hold their hands up and say, you know, they're playing for maybe just one or two ATP points to, to say that they achieved a pro ranking and, and that no one can take that away from them, you know? Yeah. So I think that's also an, an incredibly tough thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. Winning two or three matches in qualifying and then a main draw match, that's what it takes for one ATP point. So um, I think ultimately it's down to the person and what where they put their happiness and where they value it. Okay. And what what do you look for in in a coach? You kind of talked about your coaches in in the US. What what do you think you kind of look for specifically, maybe in a coach, or what was your relationship like with your coaches out in the US as well? Yeah, I think probably the number one thing for me is is the relationship side of things. Mm-hmm. I think um, kind of all the coaches at the top unis, you know, they know what they're doing and, and they're more than just good coaches. They're good managers and they're good leaders. Um, but, but it was really like, can I gel and can I click and can I, can I trust the coaches that I'm working with? And again, it goes far beyond tennis. It's, you know, I, my assistant coach uh, who's British from, from university of Kentucky, Matt Gordon, 
mm-hmm. um, we would go for coffees maybe once a week and catch up and, and it and it's not just you know conversations about tennis it's life and it's relationships yeah. with my family members and my friends so for me if if that relationship is good then you know it's only going to be a relationship of trust where where I buy into what they're they're saying and and again I think the fact that we're a team so that there's some coaches out there that maybe have slightly a bit of an ego that that want to do it their way mm-hmm. and I think what I was really lucky with and what I was searching for and, and I found at Kentucky was um, just three great individual coaches that were also great people that were willing to put their ego aside and, and do what was best for for me mm-hmm. and that might have been different to you know the player playing above me or below me yeah um, and that were willing to listen to me and and kind of steer my tennis in the direction that I wanted to, to for it to go to so okay and uh kind of talking about um like the the whole side of the relationships um what was your relationships with your teammates I I would always kind of do like things off the court with my teammates and I knew that that was kind of a way we would be able to click was there something like you guys did that was on a regular basis maybe uh, like you and your assistant coach going for coffee did you kind of do that with your teammates as well yeah I think we were a little different at Kentucky and as far as we were we were so close with each other that we maybe didn't have to spend kind of every minute with each other off the court like we were perfectly fine with with three guys maybe going to to watch a movie and then maybe half the team going for a dinner and you know one or two guys doing something else on their own because we were all so close we didn't take it personally um of course but I think I think we we became close and we set the culture through the hard work that we all put in together I think that's where kind of if you're not pulling your own weight you get left behind Mm. um and obviously most of the time people then start to pull their own weight and and that's when you know, you will become closer through those those hardships and those tough moments. Um, but but yeah, one of the things we do regularly was, was team dinners and, and team breakfast kind of on match days or yeah. on, on trips. We'd make sure that we all, all rally together and go to a spot that we'd all like. And I don't know, always playing card games on the road or yeah. on flights and stuff like that. I'm sure you know all about that. So uh, lots yeah. of good memories for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I remember countless trips in like minibuses and stuff like that where you're kind of, you're either playing games with your teammates or doing all that sort of stuff. And it's just, I, I remember those little moments sometimes even more fondly than the times on court sometimes. So yeah, it, it is creating that relationship. That's key. And now you're kind of looking to go to like the pro level. What's been the hardest kind of step towards that um, in, in your, your opinion? Um, for me, it's, it's been the finances. I think I touched on like with the, with the whole pros and cons of college, like yeah. that was a great period of my tennis career where I could get, uh, you know, my education and get my degree kind of paid for and get kind of world-class tennis training and coaches as well, kind of in a package that's, that's more affordable. And now mm-hmm. kind of trying to find s- sponsors and, and companies and, and brand deals to, to help stay afloat i mean tennis especially at this level is so tough because um 
you know, the expenses are just through the roof. You never know how long you're going to be in a city because, you know, depending on how well you do in the tournament. So hotels and, and travel expenses are obviously through the roof. And then mm-hmm. um, at the futures level, which is what I'm playing at now, it, it's quite cutthroat in terms of the, the spread of prize money. I mean, yeah. I've made a final of a 25K, um, mm-hmm. which I got about 1.4K prize oh, wow. money and I just about broke even so okay, and that, wow. that's from making final so definitely finance is, is probably the toughest thing to juggle yeah okay and how's it been trying to find sponsors and stuff like that has it been is it kind of are there people maybe watching you at tournaments or futures that you've been at and kind of saying oh well we would like to sponsor you or how's that been in terms of that side of the the tennis that you've been trying to kind of commit towards yeah it's been tough man because kind of uh i'll touch on it now kind of i've had quite a few injuries coming Mm -hmm. out of college um Mm -hmm. so i've been injured on and off now for about a year um so my ranking that i did have of about 750 atp which i got quite quickly after college i lost all my points because i wasn't able to defend so um almost starting again from scratch and having my ranking kind of go not quite bottom of the barrel but again as Mm. I say like almost starting from scratch it's tough to get um, brands and people to to almost invest in you because you know there's a lot of people that that are playing on the tour and Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of us kind of in the same boat kind of hustling and trying to do what we can but um, I've had one or two people um, sponsor me I had one private um, person who was helping me fund my tennis and, and that ended um summer of last year mutually just for a few different reasons um but i'm hoping to start with someone again which will really help out um just cover expenses but i've also launched my uh, like a side business uh, which is uh mentoring junior kids Um, so i do that virtually and i've got um seven or eight clients now so that helps me bring in um some money on the side which i can then fund fund my my tennis career with okay super is that mentoring in terms of like athletes or is it more just kind of general mentoring and trying to help them um it's it's for junior tennis players um so a lot of the stuff i do is kind of like a an add-on to what the coach would do um just trying to add kind of more structure and support for the juniors because um as i touched on at the start i wasn't a top junior or anything like that so Mm-hmm. Um, I know how tough it can be not not kind of being a, a high performance center being full time so a lot of the stuff I do is psychological guidance and, and things like that um, where I work with the coach to, to help support the player and, and educate them and inform them but I also do a lot of goal setting and tournament planning and helping with scheduling with, with practices and stuff like that so um, that's a bit of what I do yeah oh nice oh nice and you kind of touched on injuries and stuff like that how have you managed to kind of overcome them? Have there been like, you've talked about like goal setting and all that stuff. Has that been something you've learned through those injuries? Um, and kind of what's been maybe your biggest struggle or biggest injury that you've had? Yeah, I think, I think everything that, that I just spoke about through the mm. mentoring is all, is all from my, my personal experiences and, and everything that I've, I've come to learn through my own journey in tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, and for sure, the biggest, the biggest injury that I've had to deal with is my shoulder. Um, okay. It's been on and off for probably a year now, more, more often being in pain than not. 
um, and I just couldn't serve. I'd serve maybe eight or ten first serves, and my arm would would get a, a kind of numb, dead sensation. So oh, wow. I wasn't really able to travel um, and, and play as I would have liked to. So. Mm. Um, the biggest struggle was was probably dealing with the mental side of that and my mental health. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm lucky to have a great great team around me and a great girlfriend who also plays and mm-hmm. has been injured. So kind of talking about our our experiences and and comparing and, and relating to one another's helped for sure. But as you say, just just goal setting and and looking forward and taking one day one day at a time. I know it's kind of cliche, but. Um, that's kind of how I've managed to to get out of it and and stay healthy and and I just had a great week last week playing in a in a tournament so I'm definitely grateful to be back that's for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, we kind of talked a little bit before doing the podcast, and it seems like you're you're doing really great things and like taking the strides that you want to to kind of reach your goals as well. Um, and what would be your your top goal would it be top hundred, maybe top ten? What what what's your your biggest goal then? Yeah, I think I think for a lot of players, it's cracking that top top one hundred. That seems yeah. to be the, the magic number where you can kind of almost sustain yourself and get into the big tournaments and make you know quite substantial money. Yeah. Um, so that's the ultimate goal for me. Um, also playing in the slams, you're you're getting in with direct entry, so that that's mm-hmm. a, a massive thing. But I would say, kind of to break that down, and and my my probably immediate bigger goal for for my career right now is to get inside the top five hundred, okay. um, and that's kind of the number that me and my team have come, have come up with, and yeah. that would just kind of allow me to play more challenges and bridge that gap between futures and challenges. And again, that's that would be the next leap to to making the the ultimate goal of top one hundred. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's that's great, great, great to hear. Um, and I always think goal setting, even if it's small or even if it's kind of like the planning of it, I think it's always crucial to kind of get it down on paper and see it actually written down. I know it helps me to kind of get through various things that I might be going through all at once, just kind of writing them down and going, okay, this is the next step. And as you said, kind of like one step at a time, actually just helped you kind of break it down even further so what you said is um really really insightful and um really interesting as well um my final question would be what was your maybe your favorite memory um of like college on the tennis court um or if there's any memories you've had since kind of turning pro what what would that be yeah, for sure. Well, two two spring to mind when I when we talk about college. Um, the first one being um, my sophomore year at, at Gardner Webb University, my first school where we won regular season conference. Oh. Um, for us, that was just such a massive goal that we were working towards. Um, it was something that that was never done in history, um, and we felt like we had a really good group of guys and started the season well and. We were all just gearing up for it and and kind of playing our best tennis at the end of the season when it mattered most. So that was just so special with those group of guys. Um, And I think it's important to remember where you come from. So that's still to this day, despite transferring to, you know, a top 10 program, uh, just a memory that that was so, so sweet. Um, 
And I would say my last year of college, um, without a doubt, just captain, being captain of uh, University of Kentucky um, mm. with a great group of guys and, and making final of NCAs um, and, and just losing out in the final to uh, UVA, Virginia. So that was, that was just a crazy two weeks. Um, I bet. You know, no, one, yeah. no one thought we, w- we would do it and, and go that far and beating number one seed TCU in, in the quarterfinals and, and getting revenge on Ohio State in the semis. Um, just, again, super, super sweet. And I'm just so proud of, of, of myself, but, but also the guys and the coaches and all the hard work we put into. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, one, one memory kind of that I go back to in my pro career is, is winning my first dubs title. Um, I lost, I lost, I believe four doubles finals, um, before, before winning. So I think I lost, I lost my second or third one, seven, six, six, seven, eight, ten. So that was, that was an absolute heartbreaker. (laughs) Um, but played with a a guy from New Zealand, um, in a 15 K in America and, and yeah, I just had a great time and, and winning my first pro title in doubles. That's something that no one can ever take away from me. Oh wow! Well, it kind of sounds uh, like bittersweet that you kind of got it in the end. Um, I bet that was probably a a big sigh of relief in all the hard work you've put in. Um, so, thank you for kind of coming on and giving all this amazing insight into kind of turning pro. Um, you're kind of transitioning from college to college, and like your whole experience as a whole. It's been fascinating to listen to myself and i bet loads will be loads of people will will listen to this podcast and take a lot away from it as well cool well thank you very much tim for having me on i appreciate it